Hi, and welcome to episode 20 of the Great Answer Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Asai. What's up, man? Hey, man. Ready for today's episode? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. We will be talking about the European leagues that are ongoing at the moment. We're going to take you to Italy, France, Spain. And we're going to talk about last week's games, the games this upcoming weekend. And towards the end, we are going to talk about some of the worst losses that we have ever experienced as players. Let's go. First of all, we totally forgot that Italy's league has started. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I think I discovered that like during the weekend. I was like, oh shit. They've started Italy playing. Has league. Hey, I knew they had a they had a league. Come on, man. Italy's still the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but There's yeah, they have four teams or six teams, right? In the highest division. No, they have eight, but two didn't play in week one. Yeah, that's why. So the yeah, in week one of the Italian league, the AFL, uh, we had three games. Uh, two of them close. Yeah, besides the one with uh, Milano and Lazio, Lazio. Yeah, so Milano, the seamen of Milano. Beat Lazio thirty-eight to zero. Wait, aren't the seamen the ones who are the part of the CFL? Uh, I believe they are. Yes. I'm because we made fun of their name. Yeah, right. We did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think uh, that was the wisest choice of names. No, nobody wanna want to be named seamen. But we are talking about men of the sea. That's the seamen they are named after. (laughs) We hope so. No, but the Italian league looks pretty close. There's a lot of closer games besides the seamen. No, Milano are not in the CEFL. That is the Parma Panthers, who are the reigning champions in Italy. I remember they're the, the only are part of something. They may be, but not the CEFL. Oh shit. But anyway, they the the Milano Seamen, they beat Lazio 38 to 0. So they now top the table in Italy after one week, which doesn't mean much, but they do. The other two games were close. We had uh, Ancona, Ancona, I think they're named the Dolphins. They beat Bologna 20 to 14. And we have the Parma Panthers beat Firenze 24 to 21. That's week one in Italy for you. All in all, pretty close games. Nothing to analyze there. Yeah, looks early like uh, Milano are the favorites. And they're a known name. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. But we will try better to follow the Italian league going forward here. 
Yeah, because we actually done better watching the French league and the Spanish league this time. Yeah, which brings us to France. What happened there this weekend? I watched one game, and the team got beaten the brakes out of them. <laughs> which game was it that you watched? Uh, the the Aminis and the. Uh, you I watched the uh, Amiens against the uh, Colnev. Yes. Yeah, I, I I saw part of that game as well. I think I I think I checked in late second quarter, like right before the half. And yeah, the the flash. I think they had like forty point lead at that point. And then I watched most of the third quarter, and yeah, it's safe to say it was pretty much a bloodbath. But the funny part is, like the losing team had a pretty like a couple of good plays. But they were never able to score. Yeah, they, they did have some positive plays, but they weren't really ever close to the end zone. I, I'm not sure. Did they pass the 50 yard line when you were watching? Yeah, they did. They were up to yeah. like the 20 at one point. Yeah. But uh, they took out the ball boys and put in the real defense. So they stopped them, I think. Because by that point, like the fourth quarter, the ball boys were starting, not the defense. But the yeah, everybody I, on the bench was in. <laughs> I think last week we saw we said that that was maybe the game to watch in France. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was not the two the two and zero uh, Amiens uh, Spartans did not stand a chance against the Flash de la Colonne. Yeah, like how terrible are the teams? Who they beat? Good question. We'll see when Connor plays them. <laughs> yeah, other teams, the Blue Stars are still undefeated, still kicking ass. Yeah, the Marseille Blue Stars had another huge win, forty-eight They're to nothing. Out everybody. I don't think they've allowed a point yet, have they? Oh, no, one they touchdown. <laughs> one touchdown no, they've allowed. <laughs> really, losers. The yeah. Hurricanes had a pretty close game. Uh, where are they? Yeah, the Ar- Argonaut against the Montpellier Hurricanes ended 53-41. to I did not see anything from that game, but I think... Uh, I don't believe the defenses were there that game. So many score- points scored. Who, who else have... Argonaut played because that was a close game, but they're three and zero, and the team they just beat are zero and three. Yeah, they they won against Grenoble. 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 I'm terrible with names. The French names are not easy. I think it's actually pronounced. Uh, let's see, Grenoble, I think it's pronounced in French. Yeah, Andre <laughs> took French in high school for two semesters, <laughs> two years. I had zero. That's why he's better. Yeah, I, I, what I'm seeing in France is that we have one dominant team in each uh, group is what it's looking like right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's we, pretty easy to tell who's making the 
playoffs? No, I'm not sure about who's making the playoffs. I think a lot can change for the bottom spots in the playoffs. But I, I'm going to say that it's a pretty safe bet that Konov and uh, Marseille get the top spot in each group. And Konov, they're huge favorites, I'd say, to win the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's the finals between the Blue Stars and Kunev. Uh, I'm not sure. I think the Tonon Black Panthers uh, still have a shot to make the final. Despite their big loss to Kunev in week one, they still don't seem like a terrible team. Oh. I really they don't won. know. They won 53-0 to zero this week against one of the bottom teams. They beat the hell out of them. So, like, is that much bigger of a difference in the, in the French League? Like, we I see teams it, killing others. Yeah, I, it just seems like the there's such a huge gap between the better and the worst teams because, sure, there are a few g- close games thrown in there. But we're mostly seeing these complete blowouts. Like a, a, you can call yourself the same division if you're winning sixty-three to nothing. <laughs> and that's Konov and Amiens again. And Amiens have won two games before losing sixty-three to zero. They do not suck. <laughs> yeah, I, they know I actually don't. how to play football. Yeah, so of six games played in France last weekend. Three blowouts? I mean, three of them are huge blowouts by like 40 plus to zero. Then there's another blowout, 48 to 13. The Grizzlies beating the Ur Toulouse. So only two close games, and neither close game was a one score game. I really know. No, the difference seems huge in those leagues. Yeah, we'll we'll continue to follow it, but right now the games yeah, don't really look. They don't really look all that interesting. If I'm being no. honest, the Spanish league looks interesting. Yeah. So the Spanish league, I actually watched one game from there very closely. We kind of watched a game also, the Cobras game. Yeah, so I watched the Cobras, the Murcia Cobras play the Black Demons. Uh, It was a very interesting game, I would say. Very much back and forth. Uh, A bit of a tentative start. The first quarter was scoreless. Uh, the Cobras then we had eight offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, I think no, I think the Cobras were doing some unbalanced line stuff early on, and they were getting yards early, but they weren't actually getting very far. So it was sort of a close standoff in the beginning, but it starts opening up in the second. So the Black Demons they start driving in the second quarter. Are 
our friend who's been on the podcast, you know, Nathaniel Anson, he made, makes a huge stop on third down. He forces a field goal attempt for the Black Demons. And they miss it. The Black Demons miss the field goal. But the Cobras make a huge mistake. One of their guys runs straight over the kicker. And <laughs> the Black Demons get to keep possession. A few plays later, their quarterback, he hits a wide open slant to number 87. I think his name is Jesus Perez. And they go up seven to nothing. The Cobras, they, an- they answer immediately. The Cobras, they hit their wide receiver, number six. I think I caught his name as Ruben Moliner. A deep touchdown on a fade route. They tie the game up seven to seven. So this is really a game that's going back and forth here. And Murcia, they pull off a surprise onside kick after that touchdown. They recover it. So here's like a total momentum swing. We think Murcia is going to grab momentum here. But instead, the drive ends with a missed field goal. And the Black Demons, they answer immediately. They hit Perez, again, number 87, the receiver, this time on a deep pass. This pass goes over 50 yards in the air. It's a 75-yard touchdown pass for the Black Demons to retake the lead. And that that brings us to halftime. So we've got a 14-7 to Black Demons lead going into the half. Shit. Yeah, it was, it was a really close game. For sure. And the second half starts by the Black Demons. They drive down the field. The quarterback scrambles for a touchdown. They miss the extra point, 20-7. to seven. Then we hit a bit of a lull in the game. We have a Murcia punt, then back-to-back turnover on downs for both teams. And this is where the Black Demons really grab hold of the game. They hit Perez once again, this time on a fade. 27 to 7, they extend their lead. So who's that guy <laughs> scoring every touchdown? Yeah, he scored three touchdowns, all three Black Demons touchdowns in this game. Spoiler alert, they don't score another touchdown. <laughs> so Murcia, they do get the ball back. They hit a deep pass to flip field position. Uh, and then a bit later on that drive, the quarterback he manages to escape the pocket, directs traffic, and he he hits number six, Moliner, I think his name is. So it's not very many people scoring touchdowns in this game. Only two guys scoring <laughs> So far, uh, they make their extra point. They're up. The Black Demons are up 27 to 14. And I think I caught the commentator saying that it was 7.55 left of the game at this point. So we've got a two-score game with the Black Demons receiving the kickoff. They managed to hit a 37-yard field goal on that drive, go up 30-14, to so a 16-point game. Murcia, they get a really good return. They get up to near midfield, 
a few plays later, their running back, I did not catch his name, but he had number 49. He caught an outlet pass, a swing out to the left, and I think he broke one tackle and sort of juked slash broke another tackle, and he went 40 yards for a score. So then they're down. What's that? They'd be down 10. Yeah. Then they line up for a two-point conversion. They come out in an I formation. They play action, and the tight end leaks out to the left corner of the end zone. Quarterback hits him, falling back, hits his tight end. Another down eight. One score game. What do you think they do aside? Onside kick it. That was my thought. That's what I thought they should have done. They did. They did not. They kicked the ball deep, and they never got the ball back. Shit. The Black Demons, I think, got two or three first downs, and then they end the game in victory formation. What a sucky way to lose. Yeah, I would have. I definitely would have wanted to see the onside kick there because they had gotten that surprise onside kick back in the second quarter. So you'd think that they'd be well-prepared for another onside kick, especially in a situation like this. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the game just ends with them down eight points, not getting the ball back again. What a shitty call, actually. Like, is, it's worth taking the risk than relying on your defense. Yeah, I would think so. I would think they so. couldn't cover that receiver the whole day. Yeah, but on that drive, the black team has basically just ran the clock out. They picked up a few first downs, mostly running the ball. I think they threw one screen. Other than that, they ran the ball. Shit. Yeah, to so, the yeah. other teams, the Rivas Osos has been kicking ass again. Oh, 34 to 3. And the week before, 41 to 0. So it's looking good for them. They are the first in their West division. They are in the yes. Yeah, so that's the same division that the Black Demons and the Murcia Cobras are in. Yeah, uh, Rivas the Black also, Demons so. has lost. They lost two games. Yeah, and the Cobras have now dropped three in a row after their loss to the Black Demons here putting them in a very, very difficult spot to try to get one of those playoff spots. They'd have to pass the Black Demons, which I think is looking, all, <laughs> it's looking all the more unlikely. But but I think we could, have, could end up with a tie-breaking scenario because the Black Demons, they have to play Rivas Osos next week. And if the Murcia Cobra... The Black Demons win, has already lost two games. So. Yeah, so... So if they lose to Rivas Osos, then, well, we could see some sort of tie-breaking scenario at the end, <clears throat> which we at this stage can't really know how that turns out. Yeah. So that's probably all for the leagues. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. We also had the Drax keep on winning. That's notable. Yeah, uh, the Barbera rookies did not play this week, so they're still first in the division. Yeah, in the East, it looks 
very clear that the rookies and the Drecks are going to advance to the playoffs. They're four and zero and four and one respectively, and no one else is better than two and three. <laughs> and in the West, and in the West, the Rivas Osos are undefeated, five and zero. And as we said, Black Demons are three and two. The Cobras are two and three, and the Gijon Mariners are also two and three. So, and, and the, the and the po- yeah, the Potros are zero and four. So they're they're out of it. They don't they have don't a chance. But in, in theory, the Mariners, the Cobras, and the Black Demons could all take that second spot in the West. But the Black Demons are definitely the favorites for that spot right now. Yeah, obviously. Any final thoughts about oh, which more divisions, like which more leagues will start soon? Actually, let's let's take a look at the upcoming weekend here. Should we start in Spain? We're already in Spain. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I I'd say that the only game that's really worth keeping an eye on is the Rivas Osos playing against the Black Demons. Yeah, that's an interesting game. But yeah, but I don't think it will change anything because the Osos will still be number one even if they lose. Yeah, they have some margin of error there. The Rivas Osos, if they were to slip up one, that's not a problem for them. They could rest their starters. Yeah, I, I don't think the other games are all that interesting. The rookies are going to play the Mallor- Mallorca team. The Potros will play the Cobras. And the Pioneers are going to play uh, the Saragossa Hurricanes. Yeah, not not a lot of interesting games there. No. Maybe, maybe we can watch the Riva Sosos and the Black Demons game. Yeah, I'd say that's one to keep an eye on. And how about in France? Okay. Uh, We've once again got a matchup between two undefeated teams. We've got the Blue Stars playing against the Argonauts. That will be a fun game to watch, actually, because they both are like powerhouses. But I don't think... The Argonauts really are. No, sorry, sorry. They have yeah, a lot of games. I have a feeling that it's kind of <laughs> going to be like when Konev played Amiens. Maybe not as bad, but I don't really see them beating the, the Argonauts, beating the Blue Stars. They look like a typical team who has a really good offense and kind of below average defense. So they win yeah. just because they score more. Oh, they're one of the teams that has to win in a shootout. Yeah, they, they have no like twenty-six to thirteen is the closest game. Oh, the, like, low the lowest scoring. score. Yeah, they've allowed thirty-five, thirteen, and forty-one in their wins. <laughs> yeah, like their last game was fifty-three to forty-one. Yeah. It's a nail biter. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any game really to keep an eye on there. Maybe the Konov game is interesting because they're an interesting team. They're playing know. the 
they're playing the second place team. Uh, even I can't pronounce that name. Saint Ouen. Saint Ouen. No, that's not it. I can guarantee you that's not it. <laughs> you were the one who took French, okay, in high school. Yeah, was... yeah, I know. Um, Amiens against the, the Tonon Black Panthers might be somewhat interesting. I don't know. The Black Panthers, they don't seem like they will have woken up yet. Yeah, I mean, if the Black Panthers can play to their best, I think they should win that game. Because they are supposed to be like the powerhouse in France, right? I mean, it's between them and the Flash. They they won the last championship, I think. Yeah, in 2019 they won. So they are the most recent champions. Yeah, but that was also three years ago. So <laughs> we can't can't really say too much about that. No, no. Teams can change a lot year to year. So now let's go over to Italy. Yes. <clears throat> Ooh, we've got a powerhouse match up here. We've got the Parma Panthers playing against the Milano Seamen in week two. Go Seamen. But yeah, I think those I think those two are sort of the traditional powers in Italy, if I'm not mistaken. So that that's definitely a game to keep an eye on. We'll try to see if we can find some uh, streams from the Italian league. We've already found some from the French and Spanish leagues. So time to go looking for Italian streams. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm wishing the seamen the best. I truly think they are part of some league outside the Italian league. I mean, it could be it could be some other European competition. I'm not sure. As we have talked about it, I think in the in episode one. Hmm. Let's see if there are any news articles about them. No, I can't actually see anything. They're not a part of the ELF, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> then have you, gonna... have you seen them looking through like an Italian uh, national team roster or something like that? No, I, I will re-listen to the first episode. Oh, I think I know what it is. The, the top 20... Teams European in Europe team. ranking, was yes, that it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's... yeah, they were. They had them on that list. So they must be really good. They should be, but yeah, that that game between Milano and Parma should be should be a good one. And I think that's it for the Italian league. Nothing more interesting. No, other games. We've got Lazio playing uh, the Milano Rhinos, and we've got Bologna playing Verona. 
both losing teams. Yeah, and then both of the teams that have yet to play. Yeah, so now let's jump over to the sad part of our episode. No, no, one minute. We... Right, we have some other leagues in Europe that haven't kicked off yet. Um, so yeah, just to get an update there, uh, the Austrian league, the AFL, they're going to kick off on the 27th of March when the Danube Dragons play the Salzburg uh, Ducks. I believe the Austrian league will be good now because the top two dominant teams are gone. Maybe. Because Maybe. every good uh, Vienna Vikings and Raiders player will be playing the ELF team, not the v, like the Austrian team. <clears throat> so I think yeah, it's, that's, I think that's it's, probably it's true. The level playing field now. Yeah, right. The, the Vienna Vikings and the Raiders still have teams in <clears throat> the AFL. But they're not going to be at all what they have had in the past. They will be a shell of themselves. Okay. Uh, our neighbors to the west, Denmark, they kick off in late April. April 23rd is the first game in the Danish league. And they've kind of got the same problem as Sweden. They only have four teams in the play- in the highest division towers razorbacks gold diggers and 86ers 89ers 89ers yeah how about our that's terrible how about our neighbors to the east then in finland and the maple league they kick off in may so mid-may 14th of may the, when the Roosters and the Steelers square off. Yeah. <clears throat> the Royals have dropped down, right? Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, they're not in the Maple League anymore. We discussed no, that on our... We discussed that on our episode with Peter, I believe. Yeah. I'm excited the Maple League. It's usually like a exciting place. More fun than Swedish league. <laughs> Maybe they they have uh, seven teams in the Maple League this year. Over in Norway, they oh, also have only four teams. We're staying in the Nordics. Oh, Norway! They're not, they play in the fall, so that's nothing to it's, discuss it's right later now. Later than us, yeah. How about the GFL? They also kick off in May. So in Germany, they have a huge like, first weekend of games where there are one, two, three, four, five games on the 21st of May to kick off the season. And then another three games on the 22nd of May. So that's a huge opening weekend. Every team playing, there are 16 teams in the GFL. Wait, so the unicorns aren't playing. Yeah, they are. Why can't I find them? 
Yeah, here they are. I'm still trying to convince our coach to have a friendly game with the uh, unicorns. He said no. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Why? We will not hurt them. <laughs> I think we're going to be playing against uh, one of the second-tier Danish teams in a scrimmage before our season starts. Are you allowed to announce that? Yeah. We didn't specify when or where or against who. <laughs> Wait. The GFL 2 has probably like 20 teams. Well, six, 16 teams, same as the GFL does. That's why the football is huge in Germany. Yeah, there are tons of teams in the top two leagues, and both GFL and GFL 2 hold very, very good German quality. Teams. Yeah, right. ELF is also <laughs> mostly German. So, I mean, the GFL has really taken a hit by losing a bunch of players to the ELF. But football in Germany is so big that you've still got a solid GFL league, especially compared to the rest of Europe. Yeah, like Nathaniel said it, the ELF is the GFL, but a different name. <clears throat> Because it was mainly German team last year. Last year. Yeah. And then the last country we'll bring up is Switzerland. Their league, the NLA, kicks off on the 26th of March. And I'll say that the only thing I really know about this league is that the Calanda Broncos are uh, pretty darn good. And that's why they are ranked number one. <laughs> uh, I think that is... Oh, maybe that's the case. I, I was going to say I thought it was alphabetical order in some way here, but it's definitely not. <laughs> it was the C before the B, come on. <laughs> yeah, but then I looked at the second name and the B before the G, but then suddenly uh, the teams lower on the list were... Uh... <laughs> Not in alphabetical order, so maybe that's the previous season's standings. Could be. Yeah, I think they put it this way because in Austria they had the Black Panthers number one for some reason. Or the Panthers. Hmm. So, are you ready now to talk some bad memories? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Start with your number three worst loss you ever had in your career. As a coach or a player? Oh, coach or player. Um, I'm not as well prepared for this as you, I said. I, I know what my two and one are. Um, I think I'll go with my number three. I'll go, all of my games I'll go when I myself played. I think that's more interesting but yeah my number three is gonna be a 2018 playoff game so for some context our predators senior team we were we were pretty darn good 
after we in Division One after we dropped down from the Super Series. We lost in the final in 2016 of Division One, and we lost in the semifinal in 2017. So, like we we were consistently one of the top teams in Division One, but in 2018 we had a disappointing season. We went four and two, which maybe sounds ridiculous being disappointing for some, but four and two was pretty bad by our, our standards. And we lost to some teams that we were not accustomed to lose to. Like who? Uh, we lost road games, both in Yunsheping and in Yankibi. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Continue. Continue. Yeah, so so that season was pretty interesting in the South because we we had a situation where each of the top four teams, which I think the standings ended up being Yunshaping, Ekebi, Kipansta, Limham. I think that was the standings one through four. And in each matchup between these four teams, the home team won. Each and every one of those matchups. It was a very odd situation. So the tiebreakers were all over the place because we beat Limham. Limham crushed Yunshaping. Yunshaping beat Ekebi and Ekebi beat us. <laughs> so like, it, it was all over the place. I think Ekebi beat Limham as well at home. So we had Yunshaping 5-1, and Ekebi 5-1. and one. We were 4-2 and two and Limham were 4-2. and two. So that was a weird season. So we played the season during the spring and the playoffs in the fall. And it just so happened that the playoff ranking had us as the seventh seed and Limham as the 10th seed. And we played in like the first round of the playoffs. And we lost badly. Like we were, we were unprepared, unmotivated, and Limham came in and I don't even remember what the score was, but they probably beat us by like 40. I remember a lot of young guys played and everybody looked terrible that game. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't play well at all. And all, all credit to Limham. They had some really good dudes on that team. But I just think we played so poorly in that game. Especially considering that we won a game against them earlier in the season. It was incredibly disappointing that we got embarrassed at home the way we were in the playoffs. That's the main thing I realized making this list. Like the games who who hurt the most are the ones you think you should have won. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm not saying we should have won that game because we played poorly, but it was just very disappointing the way we came out that day. So now my number three is, this one is going back, my first ever U15 game. <clears throat> okay. It was the start of my quarterback career. You had one of those? Yeah, I was the starting quarterback for the U15 team. And U17, actually. That's a different story for other day. <laughs> so my first game... Like, U15, I was barely 14 years old, or 13. We played against Gothenburg, who had an army. What they year had... was that? Ooh, 
I actually can't remember. When could it have been 2015? Yeah, I, I remember coaching against that Gothenburg team. They were they were pretty good. Yeah. They shut out the whole like division. No, I think we beat them in our second game, but continue. I don't think that year. No, you guys we were also terrible that year. Like Kihuasa was also terrible. No, I think we got better late in the season, actually. We were terrible early, but mm -hmm. decent late. So I was thinking I was like the new greatest thing ever. The first quarterback. <laughs> so eight sacks in the first half. Holy smokes. Yes. At one point, I remember their nose tackle grabbing me on top of the head of my center and throwing me down. Not even making the effort to run through the line. He just grabbed me. Uh, like, he pushed down my center and grabbed, my, grabbed me in the shoulder pads. We got blown out. I can't remember even the score. I remember I retired that game as a quarterback. <laughs> Was that your last ever quarterback game inside? No, no. I, I did a comeback. I did a comeback later. But oh, okay. I was later, in the, later in the same season? Yeah, actually. Like the next game. <laughs> but I was you, you, you retired, but you played next game. Yeah, like I was really thinking about retiring after that first half. Damn. I, like I threw two passes that made it over the line where I didn't get, didn't get sacked. And two of them were pick sixes. I mean, your story here, it's, it's something I just can't really relate to because all of, all of the teams I played for when I was a youth player we never had a situation where we got blown out. I don't think that happened a single time. Let me tell you why. I, I mean, we call some oak leaves. Call, shout out yeah, to I know. Oak leaves. It's I a know. village. Okay. It's, I think, smaller than Ekebi. Shout out to no, no, definitely not. Ekebi is absolutely smaller. Okay, then. We had some yeah, that, that's a side story. We in Kihwansta have traditionally have, we've had a solid youth program all the way through. And we've had some really good teams in many different generations, so to speak. Yeah, Kholsam only had one, and we beat Andre's team. What's up? My team still won that series, so. We beat the There's brains that. out of you guys. Was nah, it, was one, it, it was one bad game. It was one bad game. Yeah, back to my story. So we got probably blown out 80 to 0. And Oof. one guy broke his foot. I broke my soul. And uh, the rest is history. What, what was worth his foot or your soul? I think now, he's a good player now, Philippe Blundol. He's a great player now, so I think he recovered, but I didn't. So Yeah, sh shout out to Felix Blumdahl. He's a very solid defensive back for uh, our Predators defense. So he recovered pretty good, but my soul didn't. My confidence as a quarterback did not recover after that game. <laughs> to your number two, Andre. Can we go to your number two first? I want to speak to my number two and number one sort of in tandem a bit. 
Okay, to all of the people who wonder why I hate Uppsala, number two will sum up the story. <laughs> oh, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> In 2016, Kihuan has the, had the most dominant U15 team ever, probably. That, that might be a stretch, but it was a really good U15 team, yes. And we had help from some of uh, you really good Carl Sam players when we played in a uh, big tournament. Like, we were good in every phase of the football game. We had a good run, the best run game. We had the one of the best passing games. We had a great defense. We had everything was good that that season. <clears throat> we won every game. Then we made it to the finals against the Uppsala 86ers, who also had a really good team. <clears throat> the fun but they were they won, they were they were very one dimensional. They had a really good run game on offense, and they were tough defensively. But they did not pass the ball. No, they only ran. That guy was amazing. He was six foot five, probably as a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> if I jumped, I could barely touch his knee. <laughs> so we they, had a, they had a pretty, they had a pretty solid offensive line too, if I remember correctly. One like one of the best players on our team is a Christian, and he does not play on Sundays, respectfully. So we didn't have them. We didn't have him in the finals. So we and Uppsala had a really tight game. Actually, Andre was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. It was but, back. But, funny story in that game. I think it was late second quarter. No, wait. They don't have four quarters. It's two halves. Okay, late in the first half, our quarterback broke his non-throwing collarbone i believe but we did not know we did not know it was a break at the time and he played through the rest of that game with a broken collarbone on his non-throwing shoulder shout out to Nua, man yeah that was uh, our friend Nua Alstan. he really toughed through that game and i was i was really impressed as a coach that he got through that game so back to the story the game was probably like by two, but by the two running backs. They score, we score. The final play, we are probably on like the twenty yard line or the ten yard line. No, Marshall, I think we're on. Marshall. I think we are on their like two yard line, and we need to score a touchdown on the final yeah. play. My childhood friend Anton Stanson, the <laughs> like player of the year, decided to jump into the end zone. Because because he was tired, instead of like running over the guy, and one random linebacker who didn't do anything the whole game became an all star and hit the shit out of him. Yeah, so the, their their coach, their coach after the game said that that was the only tackle this kid made the entire season. So. Our running back fumbled the ball. They recovered. They have the ball on the 20. Game over. Oh, do you remember why they got the ball on the tw- um, that yeah, far up yeah, the field? They, they running back. My childhood friend decided to like almost fist fight the referee. 
Yeah, Anton was convinced that he had gotten into the end zone. But, uh, so, so this was a situation where they would have had the ball at the one. So we, in theory, could have gotten the safety to tie the game or get the ball yeah. back or whatever it was we needed. Game. It was a two-point game, right? Yeah. Yeah, So and then Anton goes ballistic at this ref. A flag thrown. Uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. 15-yard penalty. They can kneel the game up. Since that day... I hate Uppsala from all my heart. <laughs> Do you have your number two ready, Andre? Yeah, uh, it's not at number two, but a, a tease here. We're getting some more uh, Uppsala 2016 action uh, <laughs> coming up in a bit. <clears throat> okay, so my number two and my number one are incredibly, incredibly similar. They are both U19 finals. One is 2015 and the other is 2016. One were playing against Kolsta in Kolsta. The other were playing in Uppsala against Uppsala. <laughs> in both games, we have a three-score lead go in the second half. And in both games, we blow said three-score lead to lose the game at the end. So, in Kalsta first, we completely dominate the first half. We absolutely dominate the first half. I think I think we were in their red zone like four or five times, but we only managed to score two touchdowns. So, we're up 14 to nothing, but we had been in the red zone like two or three more times. So, like, we were moving the ball. We were stopping them. We were up 14 to nothing. We should be up by more at that point, but – it seems like, okay, this is a good situation we're in. We come out in the third quarter, like one of the very first plays we have on office. I think it's our first offensive drive. Uh, so two of my old teammates, Sebastian Jonsson, he hits uh, Jonathan Gale on a deep pass. We score, extend the lead. I don't think we had a kicking team that year, so we were always going for two. We failed the two-point conversion. We're up 20 to nothing. Like, we dominated the first half, but we're only up by two scores. We come out in the third quarter, score another touchdown. We're up three scores early third quarter. Like, this should be finished. It wasn't. From that point on, our offense completely stopped working. I don't remember exactly what happened, but we could not get anything going after that early third quarter touchdown. And Kalsta, they, I think they didn't have a quarterback the second half. I think they benched their starting quarterback or if he got hurt or something. But they had a backup quarterback on the field, and they were basically just running the ball the entire second half. I think they score, I don't remember the exact points at which they score, but they run in three touchdowns spread out somewhere late third quarter, all through the fourth quarter. And after their last touchdown, they're kicking PATs. They hit every PAT, so they're up 21 to 20. And our offense hasn't done shit since early third quarter. And when we have to do something, our offense still can't do shit because, well, we have no momentum going, and we end up losing that game 21 to 20. And then now the same scenario happened in Uppsala. 
Okay, so this was kind of similar. We're in a uh, we're in a close game early. I think they score first, go up seven to zero. Uh, again, my old teammate Sebastian Jansson, he brings a kickoff return all the way. We tie the game. They score next, miss their extra points, so they're up thirteen to seven. We score. It's fourteen to thirteen in our favor. I think we score again, so we're up twenty-one to thirteen, and that's halftime. So, like a close half, pretty high scoring, like exciting game. Okay, cool. We're we're in this. It's a fun game. We're in the lead. Let's go. <laughs> third quarter. I don't remember when in the third quarter, but we score another touchdown in the third quarter. Get up twenty-eight to thirteen. And then early fourth quarter, I'd say this this is where the game starts unraveling. We're up so we're up twenty-eight to thirteen. That's a fifteen point game at that point. And we get like inside the Uppsala five yard line. And I think we get stopped for negative yardage and like two incompletions to follow that. And we kick a field goal. And I'm going to add somewhere on this drive when we're close to their end zone, I suffer an injury where I think it's called the SC joint. I apparently sprained that joint, but <laughs> I basically couldn't move my right arm or bar- I could barely move my right arms after injuring my shoulder. So the entire fourth quarter, I'm near useless in that game. But anyway, we kick a field goal, and I'm the holder, so my useless right arm, I'm still (laughs) managing to hold the kick. We go up 31 to 13. Great. Three-score lead. I'm I'm injured here. I'm like, fuck, this is not comfortable. We're up three scores. We should fucking win this. But no, nine minutes left. I think it was nine minutes left in the fourth quarter when we kicked that field goal, 10 or nine. They score one touchdown uh, and make the two-point conversion. So it's 31 to 21. That's fine. We're good. I think we have another few drives. They They score another touchdown. Like, okay, we're starting to get into trouble a bit here. I think there was about two minutes left when they scored the touchdown to bring it to 28-31. Yeah, so we're up by three. They kick an onside straight to me. I, with my useless right arm, still recover an onside kick. (laughs) Yeah, this is stupid. I recover it. We get the ball back. And they have all of their time timeouts left, and it's about two minutes left. We run three straight yards. I think we get a grand total of negative one or two yards, and we punt it back to them, and I think they have about a minute 50 left with no timeouts. And oh, and I think they – I think they had to start the drive from their own 10-yard line because of some block in the back or something like that. And they somehow managed to drive the ball fucking 90 yards down the field 
they hit their guy on a one of their players on a one of their receivers on a slant. He gets by a defender, scores the touchdown, and they go up thirty. What would it be at that point? Thirty-five, thirty-one, I think. And well, we're absolutely defeated at that point. I think. We we get the ball back. There's like 15 or 13 seconds left. We get the ball back. And our center forgets to run onto the field. We have a <laughs> Swedish championship game, and our center isn't on the field for our last offensive play. Like, what? Anyway, he finally runs onto the field, he, and he snaps the ball. We try to run a flea flicker because I think in the second quarter we had scored okay. a touchdown on the flea flicker. Yeah. You just cut off a little bit quick. Yeah, the center didn't come. Yeah, so, didn't... yeah the center finally comes onto the field. We try, try to run a flea flicker because we had been successful. I think in the second quarter we scored a touchdown on a flea flicker. So why not try that when we have to get – what was it, 70, 80 yards to score. And it, the ball bounces off of our receiver's fingers. Uh, a defender catches it, and for some reason, he runs the ball in, despite the game being over at that point. They score another <laughs> touchdown, and the game ends with Uppsala winning 41-31. to 31. I'm sorry, man. It was that your last It was your last game. That one still hurts. <clears throat> okay. Now what's, your opinion, what's your worst loss aside? It's, I think it's obvious. The 2019 finals against the Kallstad Crusaders. <clears throat> I can see that. That team was probably the best team I ever played with. Like on. I was a part of. You don't We think were... the 2020 team was better than the 2019 no. team? We had a better defense that year. I think Josh played a big difference. Like he's him designing that defense. Like the year before, our defense was just like blitz. And we had good linemen. So we were coming through every play, killing every quarterback. <clears throat> Then we made it to the finals. Most of us offensive linemen are built like houses. There, everybody's six something foot tall. Five something foot wide <laughs> eats horse meat for breakfast, probably. I don't know. Yeah, th those guys from Valmla, they are uh, unusually large. Built different. Definitely built different. So we made it to the finals. We were riding the high horse. We were the undefeated team. We were like ready for it, or we thought. Costa came out with their starting team I played terrible that game <laughs> I'm the first one to like admit it I played terrible I had I mean, our quarterback had more tackles than me <laughs> your quarterback uh, yeah Jacob yeah. had Jacob yeah that was probably the worst game of his career yeah I think I think I was the clock operator for that game so I had a pretty good view of what was happening yeah because We couldn't and throw yeah. the ball, and yeah, our but, coach decided to throw the ball the whole game. Yeah, the game. You, your, your team broke down basically on every 
level from the D-line didn't do anything. The linebackers weren't making plays. The DBs couldn't cover the Colsta receivers or the one receiver. Number five. Uh, no, uh, Kevin. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but they'll say. And uh, yeah, you had a lineman get injured Two early linemen. in the game. Chaban and Victor got injured. Two linemen get injured early in the game. Uh, your quarterback's confidence was shot after throwing what two interceptions i think he had two pick sixes <laughs> yeah it may, may have been that bad he, counted and, it. he had more completions to their cornerbacks than him his receivers wow yeah i mean i, I can't really say anything about how well your running back or uh, receivers played because they weren't really involved much anton had a really good game Yeah, but he didn't get many That's carries, did he? No, he had two touchdowns. We lost 50-something to 14. We got the shit beaten out of us. Yes. On, on our own home field. Yeah, so this this is completely different from the games I've been a part of. Let, let's see. I've been I've played in four finals. Three of them had a home team at their home stadium. So the first one was in 2014 where our team absolutely dominated. So we won at our home arena. Then we lost a close game in Kalsta in 15 and lost a close game in Uppsala in 16. But 19 was probably the first time I've seen in U19 that the road team in a final absolutely wallops the home team. We had zero home field advantage. Half of the stand were called the family, and they yeah. are really, yeah. I, I remember that. that there were a lot of drunk. people. A lot of people came down from Tulsa that day. So it looked like their home game, and they played like it was their home game. The only thing I remember is their quarterback had like two business days in the pocket, not even minutes, like two business days. <laughs> Isn't that on you, aside? Yeah, I sucked that game. I truly sucked. But I came back the next year and had a pretty good finals, I think. Awesome. And with that, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Gridirons of Europe. And on Twitter, we're at Gridirons Europe. You can also send us an email if you'd like to gridironsofeurope at gmail.com. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you, and bye-bye.